Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass, presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth so that business operations don't run solely through them. We want to get business owners out of the hourglass. Today's episode features a discussion with Molly Nolan and Senior NCG Coach and Director of Operations, Catherine Freeman, on creating an employee handbook. When was the last time you revised your employee handbook? Is everyone in your company aware of what's in the employee handbook? They discuss everything to consider and all the information you'll need to craft an employee handbook that's right for your company. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show. Thank you, Carter. I'm happy to be here today with Catherine Freeman, Director of Operations for Nolan Consulting Group and Senior Business Coach. Catherine, hello. Hello, Molly. Thanks so much for having me today. Thank you for joining me on this cold December day here outside of Philadelphia. Uh, we're here today to talk about one of the things that we would recommend that business owners look at um, and refresh as they begin uh, their new year. Uh, Catherine, it's, it's an interesting time coming to an end of a year and looking at the beginning of a new, where you know people are wrapping up uh, their last couple weeks of production, wrapping up, you know, going into the holidays, things slow down. But at the same time, while they slow down, there's also this ramp up to 2021. The CPP summaries are created, the business plans are starting to be cascaded down. Uh, so there's like a weird slow, but also excitement for what's to come. I love that excitement. I really do. I feel like it's like buying a whole new set of pencils and clean notebooks for a new school year. It is, it's exciting and the possibilities are endless. And unlike much of what we've experienced this year where we didn't know what was around the corner and it was mm -hmm. just a little bit intimidating, we don't know what's around the corner and it's actually thrilling. Thrilling too, because of, you know, we have to be optimistic about what's to come and things that we're hearing. Yeah. And so all we can do is really be optimistic. Absolutely. <laughs> you Absolutely. can't look the other way anymore. It's, it's for, yep. for everyone's mindset, we've gotta be, we've gotta be optimistic. So with this thinking about the new year, uh, one of the things that we think is important to do is focusing on the employee handbook. And Catherine, tell me why you think it's an important item to be looking at again. And is it something that you look at just this time of year? What's your kind of your mindset around the employee handbook in December? You know, I think um, what I appreciate about uh, reviewing the employee handbook is not so much the timing because that isn't as important. I recommend we're looking at it in these, you know, January or February timeframes simply because so many of the businesses that we work with are have are seasonal in nature and so experience a little bit of a of a, a downturn. So I'm saying new year, new employee handbook. It makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. But on a on a company specific level, I look at it in April. So We've traditionally had our grand summits in March, although we are changing some timing mm -hmm. around. And so I put it on my calendar to look at in April because January, February, and March are actually some of the busiest that we experience. And so I need a decompression. I need something that I'm going to be able to open up. It'll have a beginning, a middle, and an end. It's a process. It's a project. I can put it to bed once it's done. It's done. So I make it April. The, the important thing is, is get it on your calendar as a regular annual experience. 
so you say look at it once a year and kind of when you are choosing that time frame look at a, a period of time where things have slowed down for you a little bit and you can look at it and say okay starting this now within the next two weeks this project can be completed so that you're not letting it go on that it has that beginning middle and end it's a project and you can kind of wrap it up right right um, I'm going to I'm going to just add there, you know, part of what I want to make sure we're hitting here is that my concept of an employee manual isn't a document that grows and grows and grows and grows and grows because you're using it as a management tool. That's not the point. The point is to evaluate it every year to verify that things are that are included are necessary. I don't I don't want you to create a policy because one person can't make it to work on time or create a policy because somebody didn't wear the right uniform color. That's that's a leadership issue and that's a conversation you need to have with somebody. So I'm not suggesting that you create policies. What I want is to make sure that you're analyzing a document. Is it accurate? Is it up to date? Does it have the information within that you need? So it's actually a question of, of mine. You're not always needing to create new policies. So when is something supposed to be a formal policy written down and included in that handbook versus something being being spoken, as in everyone wears white clean uniforms to work? Like that's just the expectation that leadership sets versus it actually needing to be in a formal handbook. Right. And and I think you've 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 identified it pretty well, right? Tardiness is not tolerated. And, you know, we have a policy around people showing up to the job site on time, to the office on time, to a client's home on time, if it's an estimate or a project walkthrough. On time is what you strive for and look to have your employees achieve. We're not going so far into the details or the weeds of it by listing every single one of those. Got it. And every single scenario where somebody's on time is going to be measured. Okay. We just want everybody to show up on time. Okay. So you want to be you want to be clear about some of those umbrella issues without having to identify because once you start identifying, you know, well, the four that I mentioned, for example, then you have to identify all of them right. because otherwise, well, it wasn't in the handbook. And then you create a handbook that's hundreds and hundreds of pages long and no one actually will read it. And no one reads it. And then it actually never actually comes to fruition. So right. if you stick to the main points, keep it concise, keep it relevant, right. uh, that's when you have kind of more aware, awareness and buy into it. Right. So what kind of things as you look, um, so let's say a business owner is going to go and take on this task and revamp and refresh their employee handbook. What's the best way to go about it? What things should, should they be looking for in terms of editing, adding, improving? Right. So a couple of things there. First of all, I, I would, as a coach, I don't want a business owner doing this. I want to delegate. Delegate, that's right. <laughs> um, delegate and elevate. Uh, I want this to be a task that somebody else performs on a couple of different levels. Uh, first of all, I, I, I really want this to go to a high C personality. I want somebody who's going to be looking at some detail information and making sure that it's accurate, that they're comparing it to uh, local, state, and federal government um, requirements. But also because, you know, I want you to get out of the hourglass. So put this onto somebody else's plate 
have the right accountability conversations with them, hold, hold them accountable to your time frame. But but I, I don't want you doing this as a business owner. Um, but when that person is assigned the task, uh, a, a period of reflection, right? So it could be that they're meeting with field leadership, they're meeting with office leadership, they're meeting with company leadership. What are some of the things that came up in the year that might need to be either evaluated, the language in the handbook needs to be evaluated, or it might need to be actually addressed. And a good example of this is, did um, any state or local governments require paid time off? Or as a business, are you growing and are you adding benefits, which might need to have um, get addressed in the employee handbook? So you're, you're meeting with people, you're having conversations what, about what might have occurred, what, what might need clarity, and documenting that. Does it make sense to get um, like your HR person involved if you have them or, or if you have a department because they might be more in tune with the recent uh, mandates or, or requirements from the state or and townships. Like, I guess the person who is responsible for the task probably needs to get some others involved to help complete. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, an HR person would, would certainly be ideal to do this. Uh, they're, they're likely going to have some kind of an insight into the changes that are happening, whether they're on a state-specific email update. And by the way, if if you've if you've not connected with your Department of Labor in your state, most of them will have an opportunity to sign up for updates that you might need to be made aware of. But they're going to be on those lists. They might be part of an HR organization, whether it's a national organization or a local organization. But I, you, you make up a good point. Don't, don't forget the other people who are out there. You know, field leadership, they've, they've got their finger on the pulse of what's happening on a daily basis. And it, it, they may want to default to writing a policy about every little thing, but you gotta hear what they are struggling with to make sure that there's clarity around uh, whatever they're struggling with in the handbook. And at the end of the day, and I'm asking because I actually truly don't know this. I don't know the answer to this question. The employee handbook, I would think, is both a, a guiding format for your company as a whole, but also probably protects you and the organization. Absolutely. In respect to employees not abiding by how and being able to document that they've signed a handbook. Absolutely. And yet still are breaking protocol. So it's kind of, it's a two-way street why you need yeah. it. Yeah. So it's going to define the break policy for everybody, which protects the employee because they know that they have access to a break, protects the employer because it makes it clear that the break is not you know, indefinite throughout the course of the afternoon. So it's, it is, it's a, it's a two-way street kind of a scenario for sure. And in regards to, so the editing process is important, but it probably, when was the last time, I don't know, when was the last time you regret in full the NCG handbook? Well, April of last year. There you go. That's what answer I was hoping for because <laughs> I just put you on your toes there. Right. Because um, I'm, I'm hoping that business owners and general managers or whoever is the, the person delegated to do this task is taking the time to reread it in full and really understand what is, is exactly written in there 
and not, you can't just skip over sections. Oh no. And because I, because there's liability. Oh yeah. I, I reread it every year. Every year I find something that I can't believe that I have not found before. So for example, last year when I read it, I found one of the, you know, codicils, whatever, uh, was the language around it was, if you're going to be late, make sure to contact your crew leader. Well, we modified our handbook from Nolan Paintings. So crew yeah. leader, 10 years ago, and, and I've read it every year, and each year I haven't seen that. So the, the point of doing it every year is because there are details that you're missing, and every time you are going to, well, hopefully you would get to the point where you wouldn't find those scenarios, right? Right. But you know, the, the, the hope is that with that regular analysis, you're able to catch those things. And so I just, and I want to jump on something there. You said uh, we use kind of a template version that Nolan Painting had, you know, 10 years ago when you created our employee handbook, you took a template and then you remade it for uh, Nolan Consulting Group. And we encourage that across the board. We actually have it, you know, for our own clients, uh, we have an employee handbook template that we encourage them if they don't have anything written up to take a look at that and make it their own. There's, it provides basically a framework of the areas that should be included and should be, and policies that should be detailed upon. Right. Uh, there's things out there for you don't need to start from scratch. You don't need to start from scratch. And, you know, I, I know large businesses that are regularly meeting with HR professional organizations and having them assist them with rewriting their handbook or with creating the right template. Um, but I mean, a SHRM is an organization that I've mentioned on a number of occasions, yeah. Society for Human Resource Management, SHRM. They've also got templates. The, the important thing is if you're lifting a template off of our library, off of the SHRM website, that you make sure that there aren't any state specific information pieces that you need. Um, Boston, for example, is requiring accrual paid time off. So that's not going to be in a SHRM template or one of our templates. You got to take that next step and look. And if there's anything that we've learned, especially in the last year, that state our states are different wherever you go. Um, so make sure that you're paying attention to what well, one, the templates that you're using are not the end all be all that you do need to be looking at your state, your, your township and understanding what policies are in place um, because everywhere is different. Everywhere is different. I actually feel like I should get a tattoo of that. Check your state. Check your state, <laughs> talk to your accountant. <laughs> They're, Talk the, to your account. That's a good one. Yeah. The people who are following your municipality and your your state um, kind of legislature are the ones that will help you guide the employee handbook with those specific changes. Uh, in regards to the book being done, you've you've delegated it out. You've given the time frame. That person has gone through the tasks, talked to who they needed to added the necessary changes, cleaned it up and presented to you the final copy. Should the business owner read the final copy? That's oh, yeah. the one part they should do, right? If they delegated yeah. it out. Yeah, I would, I would actually absolutely do that, yeah. And then how do you, I guess the, the word we could use is cascade, but how do you get it in front of all of your employees and make sure that they're aware of the new changes? What's the best way to go about something like that? So I would typically do it at an all team meeting and I would uh, a lot for 
you know, 20 or 30 minutes, maybe not even 20 minutes, depending upon it, but, you know, some, some opportunity for the team to sit down and read it and then have some acknowledgement forms. This is very important when you're talking about uh, either benefit changes, PTO changes, when you're, when you're looking at maybe adding or modifying some pre-existing safety protocols, you wanna make sure that you've provided somebody the time and opportunity to read it over and that you are then capturing that uh, signature that they've read it. So for some of our businesses where there is uh, maybe a language barrier, um, I would suggest either getting your employee handbook translated into whatever language That's might be necessary. Um, and then also having somebody who can be there to answer questions. So it's not just a matter of here's the employee language in another language, or excuse me, the employee handbook in another language, but can somebody answer somebody's questions? Right, you want well, that to be no, no confusion as to no what confusion. particular things mean. Mm-hmm. And you should, you believe, require a signature upon, oh, yeah. upon reading from every employee. Yeah. If it's, if it's um, you know, we're talking about that happening at an all team meeting because you've modified, but then on a go forward basis, on a regular basis, it's a part of your orientation and onboarding experience. Somebody is given a copy of the handbook, whether it's a digital copy and they're mm-hmm. reading it on the computer or a hard copy so that they can take it home and maybe have, you know, a, a son or daughter or, you know, a brother read it over and answer their questions. You need that acknowledgement form back. What happens in the event if you need to edit or add a policy in the middle of the year after you've, you've already rolled out your 2021 employee handbook? Uh, do you look at it as an, as an addendum page? Do you need to get signature on those items? What's, what's the best way? Um, or do you just kind of create a statement and then add it to the 2022? I would, I would address that with everybody again in, in a, in a uh, forum, in a all team meeting forum where you're talking about it and making sure that everybody understands that there are no questions. Um, I'm not in the habit of rewriting the handbook every time something needs to come up. Maybe COVID put, you know, some, maybe COVID may have had an impact there. COVID changed uh, everything. <laughs> COVID changed the world. Um, but, you know, I think the, the, the document stays the document until the next time it's evaluated. Um, I'm trying to think of a scenario, maybe a, a state required PTO policy change might need to change it. Uh, I, I, it would have to be a pretty significant it would. item that you're changing that would mandate needing a rewrite or a full addendum page with employee signatures. Yep. So for the for the most part, it's your this is a, a one time of year project that you're looking at it. So because it's a one time of year project, go into it with some vigor and mm-hmm. get it done and know that you do it now, you don't have to look at it again for another 365 days. Right, right. True. <laughs> I'm assuming you probably haven't looked at ours in the 300 since or since April. Uh, or maybe you maybe you have had to because of COVID. I don't know. I actually no, I've not. Um, I I typically look at it when I bring on a when we bring on a new employee and okay. our last hire was uh, 
1099. So I looked at it to see if there was any language in there that needed some clarity for somebody who was going to be a subcontractor for us. But you know, what you just said actually reminded me of a question that I, I um, didn't have lined up to ask you. Uh, does an employee handbook apply to all, to the full-time employee, the part-time, the subcontractor, the 1099 contractor? Is it applicable to everybody? So, you know, you want to keep your employee handbook specific to people who are W-2 employees in your organization. Okay. I, I think for your subcontractors or people who are on a 1099, who are working for other organizations, uh, you want to have some kind of a contract or or subcontractor policy handbook that really completely outlines the standards uh, and expectations. So some of the things that you would expect of your employees, showing up to the job site on time, wearing a uniform, how to interact with the client, all of those things would be in that policy. But you wanna be able to distinguish between somebody who is an employee and works for you and, and only you, unless they're mm -hmm. part-time, or somebody who is a subcontractor and who might have multiple clients. They're, they are two separate categories of people. So have two separate documents based upon those two separate kind of um, mm -hmm. types of types of workers. Yeah. And I would imagine that creating the 1099 one or a subcontractor uh, employee handbook or employee opera operations process, whatever you want to call it, um, could be a version of your employee handbook. Could be. Just taking out different parts that aren't applicable to them. Right. That would, you know, vacations and break times and sick time, you know, things of that nature. See, I just learned something I didn't know. This is yeah. why this is why these podcasts are good for me as an individual, <laughs> because I learn from experts like yourself. Um, I did not know that it should apply uh, just to W-2, and now I do. Uh, Catherine, anything else that you wanna add regarding kind of the importance of looking at your employee handbook, why you should have one, who should help you edit it, cascade it out? before we wrap up? No, um, I think that you, you, you know, you asked the right questions. I think it's important to make sure that it is delegated, that it is a, a beginning, a middle and an end. Like it just, it needs to be done by, you know, pull the trigger on a date um, and that you're making sure to get all of the information out to the team. That's it in a nutshell, right? Yeah, I mean, and I think the importance of, you know, uh, Create, create a SMART goal around getting it done. Assign this and make sure that it also, the SMART goal also applies to, in my opinion, what is needed to be involved in the employee handbook. Is it specific? Is it measurable? Is it um, attainable? Is it relevant? It, I mean, there's, there's important things. Is it timely? Have you given the time, you know, right. a time for the project to be done? Are there matters of time that you have to be writing within the employee handbook that things that need to happen within 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. Make sure that you're, you're using kind of guidance of those those goals and specifics to help create information that makes sense right, and, and right. that's clear. Right, and to take that even one step further with the situational, situational leadership language, um, I'd also say if you as a business owner are delegating it, make sure to understand the developmental level of the person that you're assigning it to. So if this is a first time that somebody's doing something like this, don't give them a loosely defined project and expect mm -hmm. it to be perfect in two weeks. 
make sure that you're doing the right check-ins along the way, because ultimately we want our people to develop. We don't want them to quit. <laughs> no, and you want that, that you want that person to be able to do it next year. Exactly. So right. make it make it as something that they can do and they can learn from and they can grow from. Right. Uh, well, Catherine, always a pleasure. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you, Molly. It's always fun to to do these things. Appreciate it. Yes, and we wish everyone, all of our listeners and all of our clients, um, a happy holidays, a happy new year. Uh, go get them in terms of uh, the tasks and projects to get done to kind of start fresh. And Catherine, I think we'll hear from you a lot more in 2021. Absolutely. All right, have a, thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks, bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.